our, our lessons in here, we're going to start a new series this week, as I mentioned a little bit last week. You know, there are so many things that make us different from one another, uh, almost an infinite number of things that make us different from one another. Oh, sure, I was on there. But there is one thing that all of us have in common, uh, at least I hope we do, <laughs> I, looks like we all do, and that is that every day we all face one of an exact same choice together. Every single one of us, every day, has to decide what we're going to wear for the day. Now, we all wear different things. We all make that decision in different ways for different reasons. But all of us have to decide what we're going to put on that day. And Scripture has a lot to say about how we clothe ourselves. And I don't just mean in, in what fashions or what styles, but Scripture has a lot to say with regard to what it means to clothe oneself. And so we're going to take about five weeks here, and we're going to look at, at being clothed with Christ and what the Bible tells us and what Jesus teaches us about how we clothe ourselves spiritually. There is so much in Scripture about using that phrasing, using those words, using that kind of analogy to help us understand that how we live and the choices we make they have a lot to do with some of the same processes of putting on clothes. There's a reason that Scripture uses that phrase so often, and so many different biblical writers use it to describe Christian living. Being clothed, putting on something. The verse that Thomas read this morning says that we put away the old person and, and all the desires of the flesh and that old way of living, and we put on a righteous life a different kind of way of living. And this kind of imagery, this kind of description is found throughout Scripture. And we're going to examine the different ways that we are told to clothe ourselves and adorn ourselves uh, in a spiritual sense and in a scriptural sense. So to understand this, though, this morning, I kind of want to set the table for the next few weeks and look at what our idea is of clothing and why that's important to us what it meant in biblical terms, in the context of those things that were written, and how it's used in the Bible to describe things. Because the better we, a lot of times when the Bible uses an analogy or a phrase repeatedly, it does so because that's the way of explaining something that makes the most sense to the people who it was written to, and even in some cases to us. Because we still have some you know, strong cultural significance to clothing and how we wear it, and what we choose to wear, and what that says about us, what it demonstrates. There's a lot of cultural significance for us when it comes to being clothed. We wear clothes sometimes for different purposes, uh, especially this time of year. We check the weather. We see what the temperature is going to be outside, and, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be 42 degrees today. Well, we're going to wear shorts probably. Because that's what happens in Wisconsin when you come out of the sub-zero temperatures. It feels good to be in short sleeves. Travis, I know you're feeling it today. That's good. We look to see what we need and how we need to be dressed for the environment we're going to be in. So clothes, first and foremost, have a very practical purpose to them. Now, in more affluent societies, in Western cultures, in places where we have a vast amount of resources, we can afford to think not only about the purpose of what we're going to put on, we can afford to think about how it looks. Style is also expressed in what we wear. 
It's one of the primary ways that we express ourselves or announce to people around us who we are and what we are. And the, the, the ideas in our minds and the things we like, we express that through our clothing and what we wear. And everybody has a different taste and different styles. And, and we're able to express it that way because we don't have to just make the decision based on what we need. We also get to talk and think about what we want. We use clothing to designate uh, sometimes order and class. When we see someone in an office, uh, in, on, in the corner office of the, of the you know, 17th floor, they're probably wearing a suit and tie. One time when I was uh, working in, in, in uh, financial sales, I worked for Edward Jones as a financial advisor. And in that first year, I, I would have to go down to Stuttgart, Arkansas um, a, a couple, three times uh, a year and um, meet with our regional leader. Uh, we had a, a guy, who, and he was one of the top salesmen in the company in Stuttgart, Arkansas. You might say, where in the world is that, and how in the world is he making millions of dollars? I know Marv knows where it is. Well, there's something very important in Stuttgart, Arkansas. Marv might know what it is. Rice, and a company called Riceland Foods. And this guy happened to have the 401k account for Riceland Foods. He managed their retirement fund. And so his office pulled in millions of dollars a year. So he's one of the top guys in the company, and he would train and lead a region of financial advisors. It was in about this time of year. It was kind of cooler you know, weather, not like it is here, but it was cooler. There was still a little bit of ice or snow in the fields, you know. And I drove down to Stuttgart to meet with him. And I was dressed nice, but comfortable. I was wearing slacks, kind of like what I have on today, a dress shirt, and a sweater vest, because I'm a sweater vest guy. And I had a sweater vest on. You know, when it's cold, I like to keep just this part of my body warm. Uh, so I had a sweater vest. I didn't have a tie on. And I didn't have quite the beard I have now, but I was scruffy. And for a 24-year-old guy, that, that's nice office attire. And when I sat down, we're having the meeting, and in the middle of the meeting, this guy looks at me, and he goes, by the way, where's your tie? And I said, oh, I didn't wear one today. I thought I looked pretty nice. He goes, if you come to my office, you wear a tie. By the way, when was the last time you shaved? I said, oh, this is just how I wear it. He goes, no, you come to my office, you wear a tie, and you're clean shaven. Now, we might... People of my generation might bristle at that as just a generational difference, and maybe it is. I got to talk to him sometime long after that, and we laughed about that exchange. He said, there was a reason I was telling you that, because there's expectations people have when they meet with you, and you're going to handle their money. And you have to meet those expectations, sometimes whether you agree with them or not. The way we dress, the way we look, says something about who we are, and the level of respect we're giving to the people we're talking to. And people draw conclusions based on the things that we have on our outward appearance, whether we like it or not. That's important to know. But we judge class and order and intention and personality all by what we wear. And we can even make assessments about the environment that that person lives in based on how they dress and the way that they adorn themselves, if we're using scriptural language. In the biblical context, Clothing had very similar function, but it had a lot of deeper cultural functions, too, that we don't really think about as much. Yes, clothing very clearly demonstrated class and order. It definitely set apart the wealthy and the poor. 
It set apart different uh, ethnicities and nations. It set apart the religious orders of the day as well. It helped to inform who you were based on how you dressed. And there's instruction even given in Scripture for such things. Uh, and, and the people of the Bible times and the people of that region followed those things. People dressed based on their class, socioeconomic standing. People also dressed for special occasions. We do that too, don't we? When we go to a wedding, what's the one thing you're really not supposed to wear to a wedding, especially you ladies? You don't wear white because you don't want to upstage the bride because she's supposed to wear the big, white, fancy dress. She's supposed to come out looking like some kind of confection that just came out of the oven and, and, and walk down the aisle, and everybody's supposed to, whoo, wow, look at her. Yeah, beautiful. We do that in our culture. We've done that for many, many years because that's how we do it. And that was true for certain occasions in Bible times and in Bible regions. They wore certain things. We see examples of, especially in Jewish culture, when they're grieving, they don't wear their normal clothes. When they're in mourning, they don't wear their normal clothes. They put on sackcloth and put ashes on themselves and make themselves look gaunt and look as though they're suffering because they're outwardly expressing the turmoil of their inward being. In fact, when there is grief and strife, there is a tearing of the clothes. You remember reading about that? And, and, you know, David tore his garments. They would do that. The, the uh, Jewish religious leaders, when they would hear Jesus say something they consider blasphemous, they would shout and curse and tear their clothes because they were appalled at what was happening. So it was to express emotion. It was to be dressed for an occasion. It was to be part of an order or a class. But this idea of expressing emotion is similar to what we do, though probably a different thought process. It was more of a prescribed tradition than what we probably acknowledge our dressing is for. But this is the environment and this is the context in which we find these verses and these scriptures and these examples being written about how we as Christians are to dress and adorn ourselves spiritually and with good works and with righteousness. There were also religious reasons they wore what they wore. You could tell the different political parties of the religious leaders by how they dressed. You could tell them by the, the, the different types of things they had on their garments, the priestly garments. Um, we, can, we can tell uh, political persuasions by what people have on today sometimes. People wear things that announce what they believe. Drive through Dane County, you'll see a few coexist bumper stickers on their Subarus. You can pretty well tell how those people vote, probably. We, we have these markers in our culture, in our society, because the outward expressions of the inward things are what clothing is. And so when Scripture talks about being clothed in humility, being clothed in good deeds and righteousness, putting on the full armor of God, and being clothed with Christ and putting on Christ. Those mean things. Those words mean something. It means that we are dressing ourselves to be prepared for what is coming. Dressing ourselves to express what we feel and know inside of us. Dressing ourselves to proclaim what Jesus has done for us in our heart. Spiritually, we have many, many examples and the writers intentionally use the phrase clothe yourself or put on or adorn yourself for the express purpose of reflecting the cultural 
and spiritual significance of what it means to be dressed. We clothe ourselves spiritually to express certain uh, spiritual characteristics. And we see that in Scripture as well. If you go to 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning in verse 5, he says, You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. Have a characteristic of humility. And how are you supposed to have that? He could have just said be humble with one another. But he didn't. He said clothe yourself with humility. Put it on. Make the choice. Every day we get up and decide what we're going to wear. And whether that's going to be for practical reasons, for style reasons, for what it says to everyone around us, we make that decision. And Peter says, you make a decision in how you live. You make a decision in your actions. Put on, put on humility. Have it wrapped around you. Have the inward be expressed in the outward. We clothe ourselves spiritually as evidence of a spiritual truth. In Revelation chapter 7, in, in verse 14. Now, we've been studying Revelation on, on Wednesday nights. It's been a great deal of fun. Um, but this, and I've picked one verse here, but there are several in Revelation that use uh, this kind of terminology. Verse 14, I said to him, my Lord, you know, and he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Now, this is just one of many verses that describe the idea of being purified by the blood of Christ. But the description there is they've been washed in the blood and they are white as snow, pure white. You see, that was meaningful in that time and in that place because to have white robes, to have clean clothes, to be pure, expressed a certain idea. And for us, for the saints that are being referenced here in Revelation, to have white robes, pure white that could only be achieved one way, the scripture says, because it was washed in the blood of the Lamb. The sanctifying power of Jesus Christ and his death made their clothing express purity. And that symbolism is significant because clothing spiritually is the evidence at times of spiritual truth. We also clothe ourselves spiritually in salvation. We are told to be clothed not just in in an expression of truth, uh, spiritual truth, not just in certain Christian characteristics, but we are also told to be clothed in salvation. In Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 10, the prophet says, I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exult in my God. Why? For he has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness. We are clothed even in salvation itself. And there are many, many more examples in Scripture, and we're going to look at a lot of them in the next few weeks, of how we are told to be clothed. And a lot of them fall into some of these basic categories. We are told to put on characteristics of righteousness and righteous living. We have clothing that expresses outwardly the inward truth of our soul. And we have a salvation, a redemption, a power that wraps around us providing all of the practical and expressive and cultural and religious significance that our regular clothing does, but in a figurative sense, in a spiritual sense, it wraps around us and does all of those things for the blood of Christ. That's wonderful news. That's beautiful imagery. And I hope 
that in these next few weeks, we'll look at these different things that we're to clothe ourselves with, and we'll maybe understand them a little bit differently or a little bit better, what it really means to be clothed with something. And in closing, I want to consider this one point. Because as we're looking at Scripture and looking at all the cultural significance of clothing and our modern perception of how we dress and the spiritual implications of what these writers say when they're asking us to clothe ourselves a certain way, think back to the very beginning. Think back to the garden. In the garden, God walked with his creation. He conversed with his creation. They were together with one another. And then something happened. Sin entered the world. They messed up. They erred. They missed the mark. Sin entered the world through Adam and Eve, through their sin, through their deception, through their disobedience. But how does the Bible describe the moment when humanity first realized their sin? The first moment that mankind ever recognized, acknowledged, or was enlightened to sin. It it was the result of that sin, the eating of that fruit. How does the writer describe that moment? They saw that they were naked and they were ashamed. From the very beginning, there has been this example given that our soul is reflected in a spiritual clothing Even Adam and Eve, just after, in the the wake of their sinful action, the first thing they realized was they were naked before God. They had nothing in the presence of God. We stand, apart from Christ, naked before God, in our shame, in our sin. And Jesus is offering us clothes. And not just hand-me-downs, not second-hand stuff, not Salvation Army. He is handing to us proper clothes for royalty. Not for servants, but for children of God. We stand just as Adam and Eve, naked before God, in our shame and in our sin. But God loves us so much that he sent his son to bring us something to wear. And the biblical writers have repeatedly encouraged us and reminded us it's not just about doing good deeds. It's not just about acting right. It's not just about simple obedience or acceptance or even just faith. To clothe yourselves with those things is different. To be wrapped around in it and adorned in it is very different. And I hope that maybe we can dig a little deeper and have an appreciation for what that means. And I think the fact that we acknowledge we're just like Adam and Eve, but unlike them who had to leave the garden and make their own clothes for a a little while, we have a great blessing on this side of the cross, that Jesus is holding out to us something to put on. Wear this to stand before the King, to stand before the Lord of Lords, to stand before the Creator of the universe. We do not have to be naked We do not have to wear sackcloth and clothes of mourning and grieving. We wear clothes of celebration and salvation. And the scripture teaches us that. And we're going to learn what that means and what that looks like. So I hope you'll join me on this little bit of a journey for the next month or so. I think there are times where we all feel that our clothing is insufficient. Um, 
whether you stepped outside and it was a little windier and colder than you thought it would be, and you go, oh, man, I should have put something else. I should have had another layer on. That happened to me the other day. Oh, my goodness. I should have got, I, I left my gloves in the house, and now I'm, sometimes we get hit with the stark reality that our clothing is insufficient. Sometimes we go through major changes in life. If you've ever gained a lot of weight or you've lost a lot of weight, you know there comes a moment where nothing fits you right and you've got to change your wardrobe. Sometimes there are things that happen in our life of our own doing, of the world's doing, and we have to respond. And sometimes that means we've got to change the way we dress. We've got to change what we're going to wear. We've got to change what we wrap ourselves in. That change can happen. That change can happen for you. If the path you're on is not the path that you are properly adorned for, properly clothed for, then it's time to change paths. And if you need help in changing that path, we want to offer that to you, whether it be restored to the kingdom or to accept Jesus Christ in baptism, to put on priestly garments, clothes worthy of children of God. If we can help you in any way, come now and let us know as we stand and while we sing together.